This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Live commentary. Palace seem to have shored things up now. Don't look like they're going to concede any time soon. I'm, I'm ready to eat my words on that one. And it's Robinson. Robinson into Dorjan. Finds Eggerson again. So again, a lot of the ball, but he's not really doing anything out there. Eggerson, I don't find. But it's back to Dorjan, who chips a lovely ball into the middle. And Michael Ngu has scored. Three ball defending, you have to say. 3-1 Liverpool. Live interviews. You know, I know it's not as sexy for the fans as us saying, oh, we paid, you know, 800 grand to somebody. But often they're signing on fees with free transfers. There's, you know, there are fees. They're just not transfer fees. Expert analysis. It's all gone a bit 50 shades of grey, isn't it? It has, yeah. yeah <laughs> he takes the pepper grinder from the kitchen cupboard, <laughs> places it on the chair, and lowers himself onto it gently. <laughs> Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 4755 999. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and Nicholas Gillard. I am Chris Hambling, and I'll be guiding you through the review of the last seven days for Palace. Uh, helping me do so today are Mark Ross and Joe Hollyoak. Hello, chaps. How you doing? Yeah, good, good evening, Chris. Bit, bit of a lively Joe. pre-show, but uh, hopefully that will translate into a, a good show for the listeners. Uh, we will be getting their thoughts and opinions throughout the rest of the show, whether we like it or not. Uh, also joining us today is Alex White in the Communications Hub. Hi, Alex. Hello. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm not bad, too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good show, be back, mate. Uh, Alex will be organising your tweets today. Um, if you tweet to at Whole Radio, that's H O L Radio, or Andy will be organising your emails as well. Radio at homestyle.net. Plenty come in already, but um, we're always after more. Uh, obviously, you can give us a call as well. It's o two o three four seven double five nine nine nine. And you can press one to come straight through to us, or two to leave us a voicemail when we're not on air. Um, here's a quick rundown of what we've got for you today. Um, there's a quick roundup of the week's news with our regular news in brief feature. We'll talk in detail about our draw against Forest on Tuesday night. We'll look back at yesterday's sensational comeback against Cardiff. 
And, uh, and finally, we'll get through all your communication from the week and tonight. Uh, but first up, here is News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Following Wigan boss Roberto, Marti- uh, Roberto Martinez even publicly commentating on the shite rugby town club's pursuit of Wilfred Zaha, a player way too good for the flat cap wearing, pigeon fancying, bomb cake eating, whippet racing, tedious, arrogant tossers, Palace chairman Steve Patch took to Twitter and then to Talksport to tell the Lancashire wankers where to go. Here's a short clip. You know, I don't need, we don't we don't need the money. I mean, you know, you do have to you, you have to look at everything that, that that's offered to you and see what you can do with it. Right now, all we want to do is concentrate on our club and concentrate on trying to get promoted from the division. If we get promoted from the division, then the next phase of Wolves development um, can be, you know, can be at Crystal Palace. There's no reason, you know, we are by turnover, we would be a bigger club than, than, than say, a Wigan or or a a lot of clubs. You know, if you're a Southern-based club, you know, and and next year with the TV money, clubs like ours, if we get in the Premier League, I mean, it's incredible. We'd turn over nearly £100 if we got in the Premier League next year. You know, from, from most clubs in our league, turn over about you know 12 to 15 <laughs> um, so you know we, we, we would we would be able to, to give Wilf that next stage of his development if we were to get promoted so certainly if we're anywhere near in January you know no one's going anywhere after the success of the London 2012 Games Makers, Crystal Palace Football Club have recruited volunteers to help provide a better match day and customer service experience. The initiative came about after the huge success of the Olympic volunteers this summer and will be present at every home fixture for the duration of the season. Crystal Palace Football Club is delighted to announce that Maxi Jazz has kindly agreed to become an associate director of the club. Maxi achieved worldwide fame as the lead singer of the band Faithless, best known for the dance song Insomnia and God is DJ. Born and bred South London, Maxi has been a Palace supporter since the early 1970s and was a prominent voice when the club was in administration in 2010. After careful consideration and in partnership with the police, Crystal Palace FC have made the decision to give the Millwall fans exclusive use of the Arthur Waite stand and bring the kick-off time forward to 1pm for the fixture. Bet365.com. It's all about the in-play. It's all about the next goal, the number of corners, the match goals, the final score. The next goal method, the number of cards, the next goal scorer, the full time result. Thanks, Ray Winston. Former West Ham striker Frank Noble netted twice as the youthful Palace development side went down 3 1 to Wolves in Telford. All four goals were netted during a frantic 10 minute period during the first half, which ensured the home side came out on top. With Ibra Sakaja netting the Eagles goal. Palace currently sitting sixth in the 17 league. Play Chelsea at Sellers Park tomorrow. Tune in to Homestow Radio from 6 to 5 pm for a full, uninterrupted country. News in Brave. 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 Wilfred Zahar looking like Palace's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow. Today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Bristol Palace from Sellers Park in the Under 21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alessandro. Alessandro now half Causing all sorts of trouble with his control, isn't he, Alessandro? Live commentary from all home development games only on Homesdale Radio. Hey, welcome back. Um, slightly confused, uh, Joe. You seem to read out a bet six three six five advert during that news. Uh, 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 well done. Well oh, done. You, ca- you carry on. 
Sorry, Ray. Um, <clears throat> right, sorry. First up, um, I did have a coughing fit during that news in brief segment as well. So sorry if my voice You'll is. You'll be in a coughing if you carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No need to get tasty. Sunshine. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, let's not. Yeah. So right. Let's. Uh, we're going to look back now straight away to uh, to that Tuesday night game against Nottingham Forest. Um, just to remind you of how that went. Really, uh, Speroni started off in goal with. Um, Joel Ward replacing Bla- uh, Darcy Blake at right back. We had Dean Moxie in for Jonathan Parr at left back. Uh, Delaney and Ramage continued at their centre back partnership. Uh, KG and Jednak in midfield with Garvin just ahead. Johnny Williams replaced Balassi on the sort of left hand side, and Will Saha started on the right with Glenn Murray up top. And um, it was a, it was a, well certainly that that first half. I mean, you got him. Obviously, Forrest came into this game unbeaten. Um, Palace started really strongly. They employed a lot of pressure early on. Uh, there was a short corner routine, um, which ended up back at Wilf. Uh, Delaney had stayed forward, and one of the first sort of, sort of points of action of really threatening the goal was his header hitting the post and coming out really. And there's a discussion to be had on on, on corners, which I want. Well, actually, I think we should have that now. Actually, um, Joey, obviously, you were you were at that game. Um, Palace's uh, current corner routine, and it was the same. Uh, it's been the same pretty much all season, really. We're starting to do short corners more often than not. Um, what, what's your view on us, us doing short corners? Um, I mean, well, it's like you say. It, it first became prominent. I never really noticed it, to be honest with you, until the Charlton game, when you know, we, with the first two we had, we messed up. Um, but they seem to have. Uh, I mean, Charlton were wised up to it straight away. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But I mean, obviously, you know, we'll get sussed out straight away and they'll just have someone less than 10 yards away at every corner, which will stop that. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe he, wants us, he wants the ball crossed um, instead of in swinging, he wants it out swinging, which can, you know, can be one of the only reasons. Yeah. Um, There's de- it's definitely some interesting things around it. I mean, I, the reason I bring it up is because it was again. It was kind of certainly when we were two 0 down yesterday. There was a lot of anger about it, the short corner routine, and I never really understand it because I've always been frustrated at our our inability to mix it up from set pieces. And this kind of this, it almost came out of nowhere. Like you said, I didn't really notice it at first. And but that, but that is the typical football fan not having a go at you. But, but same as yeah, yeah. Get, when we're two 0 down, get it in a mixer. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. People yeah, yeah. don't want to see farting about and little tiny passes. What they want, they want, they want. It's almost like they want direct football. It, it seems to be that that's, that's when we're backs against the walls and we're down two 0 That you want it just hoof out the front, just mm-hmm. so it, you know, and not carrying on with the foot with the type of football that we. Well, I'm not saying we're getting used to, but the top football world that we are now well, yeah, getting again, used we- to. We, 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 we are, like you say, you know, this Forest game was, was a fine example of the type of football we're starting to see now. Uh, Mark, just to bring you in on the show. Yeah, no, I was going to say that I think what, what's happening from my point of view is we're winning more corners now than we ever used to because of the type of game we play, play in, especially in the last four sort of matches or so. And I think we had eight corners against Forest, ten corners against Cardiff. And, you know, if you go back and you look statistically wise, we used to only get three or four corners a match. And so they were quite important that they were delivered correctly. And, and there was, you know, somebody who knew what they were doing, taking them in the first place. But now we're sort of like, you know, because we're sort of dominating play and, and attack it and a more attacking side 
uh, in the last few weeks. We, you know, we're creating more chances, and obviously the opera having to defend, and then uh, we're getting more corners, and so there's there's more options, more variety. Whereas last, yeah. you know, having a corner last season was like, you know, it, it happened so rarely that it was like we've got a score from this kind of. But it's yeah, not, yeah. it's not so much like that now. I think that's it's how I look at it. Yeah, there's some interesting interesting points for both of you there. Actually, yeah, I mean, certainly agree with Jill's thing. If, if certainly when we're under pressure, there's a, a desire to. From from fans just to get the ball in the mixer as you, as you say and when it, and it is, certainly is counterproductive but but yeah you're you're right as well Mark it is it's now more about opportunity I suppose I just wanted I mean I wanted to bring it up mainly because I was I was pretty frustrated with some of the behaviour from around me during the game shall we say and it, I mean that and that's a fine example of it I think we've actually to to start mixing up and to start putting giving teams different problems and and it, you know it's just I don't really know. I don't really understand what the issue is. You can imagine like a short corner, like like you said, Joe. If you put some, you play that routine. Someone's got to come out of the box and come and meet that. The more times you do it, you know, and if they don't, you're, you're going to get a much better crossing opportunity. I don't. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. And yeah, but it's with mixing it up, though, it's got to be a good thing because, as Joe was saying, it, you, I mean, you, all right, you get sussed out, but the more corners you got, the more opportunities you got to vary it. And so, you yeah. know, if if you're getting 14 corners or 12 corners a game. You can play three or four short corners. You've still got seven or eight whatever corners to work on, you know, near post, far post, penalty spot, whatever, you know. Yeah. I think I mean, uh, they, were, they were so valuable corners to us in the past because we were playing such a defensive game home and away, especially last season and the beginning of this this season. But now, you know, the team have got a bit more license to, to mix it up a bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll move us on from there, but as we'll come to, the... the the kind of vindication for some people was was that the goal in this game came from a uh, from a corner that was actually put into the into the six yard box. But I think the very fact that we've been mixing it up, you know, probably created a de- degree of defensive uncertainty. So, but we'll we'll come to that obviously. Um, obviously, a little after that that initial uh, corner phase, if you like, um, Johnny Williams was sort of pressing high the pitch, and uh, that's a factor in our recent performances. We're pressing all over the pitch. We're you know we're really sort of you know, up for the game and, and pressing in, in attacking areas. Uh, and he, you know, won the ball, he shot straight at Lee Camp from range. But that's, you know, a sign of things to come. He, he got really involved in that first half, you know, feed it, uh, he fed a chance to Wilf. Uh, Wilf sort of did a little bit of dancing feet and then smashed the ball at goal. Got a bit closer than usual. Um, but there's a couple of things from that I wanted to, wanted to discuss with you guys. Um, the, fir- the first is the positive, I suppose. That's, that's Zaha and Williams linking up in the same team. We haven't seen it often enough, in my view, for a variety of reasons, and mainly it's been Williams got that broken leg last season. But when, one of the first times we saw it was that great night away, away at the Amex, and um, we saw it a bit in this game. Uh, I don't know if it was just... Well, it's just one of the factors, I suppose, in a very, very good performance, but that link-up certainly got um, me excited. Well, what's your opinion on that, Mark? Well, obviously, Friedman has got to ease... Johnny Williams back gradually, uh, doesn't want to rush him back. I was surprised that he actually started. I don't know how, would he play an hour or something? Was it? Yeah, he was mm. on the, remember, 60, the top yeah. of my head. It was something like that anyway. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that he looked good for the hour that he was on, but he, he, he still looks, he still looks just a little bit off, off match fitness to me anyway. And, uh, oh, I no. think, you know, but I think, you know, like he, he came on, uh, I know we're going to talk about Cardiff, but he came on against Cardiff and he helped break up play, and he was right like a terrier the way he was running around and and getting his foot stuck in, and you know trying to create this that and causing mayhem. Uh, so you know it, it was 
it was a good little run out for him against Cardiff and against Fire Support. He did well, you know, and he and it, it's exciting. He's an exciting player to watch. So it's great when he's on the pitch. But I think we have to be careful that he he isn't um, he doesn't get injured by you know yeah. Well, well, Joe, let me bring you in on this. Well, yeah, no, I mean the the, the thing that I noticed straight away was that he seems two footed. Um, he was going down the left side, and if he if he wasn't cutting in and trying to cross with his right foot, he was going past their right back and crossing with his left foot, and he put in a couple of really decent crosses. Unfortunately, he's a little bit his football brain's a little bit sort of quicker than than our forwards and our you know the cross was going over. There was no one there to to actually get in there. But I mean that's that's only going to come in in time. I mean going forward. We are so exciting now. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. we, we literally, I, I think what's happened as well is now the impetus from the wingers going forwards and, and we're not being caught out, um, not being caught out as much and we're having a lot of possession. We're bringing in players like KG. You know, I mean, he wasn't, I, I, this is my opinion. Last year, he, there was a lot of things wrong, but he just didn't. He just sort of, just seemed to be sort of turning up for his dough every week. And then, mm. you know, when we were on the telly, he had that screamer from thirty yards, and I thought, well, hang on, why don't you do that all the time? Now, what we've done is we've got Balassi in, and against Charlton on the telly, what he's doing, he's he's acting like a, he's like watching Africa in the World Cup. All they do is they mm. pick the ball up, all the South Americans pick the ball up, get thirty-five yards from goal, and spank it, and we're. Yeah. And we're thinking, Christ almighty, now what's happening is we've got other players against Forrest. KG picked that ball up and he I'm sure he had two he had at least two thirty yard shots. Now yeah, we, yeah. if we've got if we've got him shooting and we've got uh Balassi shooting when he comes on, and then we've got Garvin we know can have a shot, mm. um we've got shots and we've got runners now coming from all over the pitch. And it's a very very, very exciting time. Bearing in mind that we have I mean, I I thought he looked fit. To me, he looked he, he looked fit enough to play for the first team, but I think they're just easing him in, um, well, Williams. Well, why haven't he actually got a knock in that game? Because um, as Dougie was saying afterwards, because he's, he's that type of player, he's just too quick for people. Feet, his feet are just far too quick, and he keeps getting kicks. and keeps. You saw, uh, didn't you, about... Uh, I mean, they were pretty cynical, Cardiff, weren't they, yesterday? And, and they, did, yeah. they did chop him down a few times. And you, yeah, they're going quick, to... Because you know the folks... Yeah, but when... When you know the bloke's been out for a while with a broken leg, every time that they do some skiving tackle, it makes you think, you know, let's hope he's all right. Well, the, ref- the referees need to wake up. You know, they, they protect players in the premiership. Surely if there are decent players in, in all football, then they not should be looked after. But, you know, I, I think the linesmen need to, be, need to be made more accountable. I mean, you know, they're never going to be. When the ball's in their half, they're never going to be less than 30 to 40 yards away from it. They should be able to see. After all, they are an assistant. You know, they can give penalties. They give offsides, which are important decisions. They can give penalties. Mm-hmm. They give throw-ons. They're, they are they, they are an assistant referee, no matter whether they like it or not. You know, if a referee doesn't see it, he, Lino sticks his flag on his chest. It's a penalty. You know, the referee gives a penalty because the Linos give it. So the Linos need to get more involved and start protecting players. And the other thing as well is that if our players keep getting kicked... And, and the, and the, and the uh, referees are ignoring it, then the club will put their video together and then send it to the Referees Association and go, look, we don't dive. We actually don't dive. I mean, Wilf's thing yesterday, I, I haven't seen it. Is, is it. Was it a penalty? Is any, does anyone know? Has anyone seen us? Well, no, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, yeah, we're talking about the, the Forest game. But, um, right. 
Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're right, you're right, you know. But with the quick feet, you know, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Wilf, I mean, he turned that, that left, their left back in the first half, he turned in three times in about, in about eight or nine seconds, and eventually he fell on his ass. I mean, he, t- he turned him in circles and he fell over. And the ball went out for a corner. I think it was for the corner where we where, uh, the header hit the post. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just that we've got players with quick feet. And if they're getting kicked and they're not being protected or we're not getting penalties when we should be getting penalties, then someone needs to be made accountable. And we've got two linos and a referee that should be giving these. No, you're right. This, this is something that's going to become a factor. You're absolutely right. Uh, and, and the more it happens, I mean, you've got, obviously got, like you said, you've got Bussy doing it now. You've got Williams doing it when he's on the pitch. Wilf's been, you know, been like that for years, you know, ever since he's been in the team, creating chances and getting kicked left, right and centre. Alex has quite rightly observed um, that, that he looked as a stonewall pen when he, when he got kicked yesterday. And then well, he doesn't really like, dive, does he? I don't, no, I don't no. think, well, I don't no, think it, uh, Wilf's a diver. I don't, it's an, honestly. It's, it's an endless subject. He does anticipate certain challenges, let's put it that way, but, but he, mainly because he wants to get the hell out of the way of some of the challenges that are coming Good in. Good players have to, though, don't they? That's it, the thing. It, exactly. So I think, I think there's a lack of understanding from people in general about how you know how to anticipate a challenge and all that sort of stuff, but you know, look, I, as you quite right said, let's get back on track, really. I mean, you know, we, we we basically we were playing with with that attacking flair and that impetus that we've that people have been demanding, and and quite rightly observing that we haven't done in years. Now, I've got my own feelings about how demanding people were being. And some people have been a little bit revisionist now, saying, "Well, that's all I ever wanted to see us play like that." Blah 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 blah. But a lot of them were just weren't prepared to wait for it. But you know, we've no, got it thing, now. Though, also, whatever happens, we've got, we got it now. Yeah, but the only thing is, like, I was reading some uh, post-match stuff after the uh, Forest game, and it was kind of like, yeah, well, one one good game doesn't make a season, and all, you know, and it's all kind of like, well, you have to put some sort of negative spin on a on a good performance, you know, against a good team. Uh, all right, they were down to ten men and that, but that doesn't always necessarily be an advantage. And um, uh, you know, instead of giving credit where credit's due, and then and we and we built on it on on Saturday, there's all the sort of people going, well, we've only you know we've had three or four games now where we've done all right, you know, uh, beginning of the season we were awful and so forth. So you know, let's not all jump up and down thinking that we're going to you know get in the playoffs this year. And I don't know. I think well, you can, you just can't win, can you? Yeah. That was, as you say, I mean, I read people saying that's some of the best football I've seen Palace play for X number of years at Celeste. And there's still people going, yeah, well, it was a one-off game, you know. And I think, well, yeah, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? But it yeah. wasn't, though, was it? Because we played good football against Charlton. And then what they've done, they've realised that was their best game at the time, so far in the season. Then they've realised, hang on a minute, we can actually play. We've had the five players come in. They've all played together in training a little bit more. And what the other thing as well, when you've got people like Balassi coming in, these are new teammates. He, he, not only is he trying to impress the manager and his teammates, and he's trying to impress everybody. So what we've got is players giving it everything, all right? But... To, to, for people to turn around and say, I mean, I was the one, Chris, you know, I texted you at half time and said mm. that that 45 was the best 45 I'd seen in five years. And that was because the players, they looked like they were enjoying it. They looked, they, I mean, this, this yeah, not, I, I agree you, with you, Joe. I'm just Mark, saying that, that people, Mark, are, people are still managing to 
put downers on it, even after a good performance. Well, 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 they, saying... yeah, but people will get put downers on anything anyway. But what I'm saying is, listen, when we had all these games lined up, we hadn't won at Cheltenham since 68. We were, no one was expecting us to go there and win it, a draw at best. No one was expecting us to, be, uh, to, to get anything against Forest because they're supposed to be the form team. No one was expecting us, like you say, 80 to 1 at half time. We would have been 10 to 1 before the game, I would have thought, to beat, to beat Cardiff. You know, no one's expecting this. But hang on, all of a sudden, hang on a minute, we've got this. We've not got a newfound belief. What we've got, we've got players that are working together, that are gelling together, that understand the way they play. That they un- and, what, and now what we're going to do is, I don't know if, we've no- if, you, if you noticed as well, where Williams came on and he passed the ball and he was crossing the ball, all of a sudden, Wilf started passing the ball. And that's, and, and, and that's the thing. We, we're now going to get an understanding of where it's not just off Wilf anymore. You know, we don't just give it to Wilf and rely on Wilf. No, no, it's, it's, uh, I agree. That it, it's great that we're playing the expansion. People wanted Dougie out. Three weeks, four weeks ago, people, people were getting, wanting him to get out. There was everyone getting coated from the owners right the way down to the CEO. Completely unfounded. Oh, and it was milking the like club saying, and everything. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, how can you milk the club? The geezers have come in and done like 10 million quid at their own dough. And I know they're never, ever, ever going to get that money back. Never. If we make the Premiership, we, I'm, it's, it's ridiculous even saying that, but if we did make the Premiership next season, right, you're not going to make any money because we've got to bring players in, bigger players and better players, unless we suffer like what we always do, go up, come Big back salaries. down. You know, it's just, but, but it's exciting times to be a Palace fan now. Now, now we've seen what we can happen. And, and that's the other thing as well. They're not been to, they've only been together for three weeks. And look what they've done in three weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm, okay. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's a great discussion to be had, but I mean, not, yeah, we were trying to review for this game. Well done, lads. But no, good stuff. Look, look, we've got plenty of communication coming on this on this as well, right? Uh, and we'll have to come to that in a second. But listen, well, like, like you said, we, we've taken we've taken it through. We, we went in. It was drawing at half time. As you quite rightly say, Joe, everyone was talking about the fact it's best we played in years. But obviously, in the back of your mind, you're a Palace fan, and you know how it goes. Usually, you get 45 minutes of good football. And then for for whatever reason you 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 know we we end up losing a game that we should have won, but not this Palace side. It's a different Palace side, and 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 set came out in the second half. We started started off as we you know where we left off, and uh, early corner straight into the box. You know as I said, it wasn't a short corner this time. Deep in swinging corner to Garvin, straight onto KG's head. KG looped a header in, deserved lead, and 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 we never really looked like losing it after that. Um, and Forest were trying to get back into the game and. Obviously, then, then the, the other key moment in the game was the red card. Um, Forrest uh, Sub, who, who came on for Sam Hutchinson, I can't pronounce his name, Guardiura. Something. Mm, that's the one. Um, Guardiura. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, him. Um, and right, right in front of the referee gave Jednak a boot. I have to say, Jednak did give him a little dig on the way past, and that's what it was all about, but... You know, these things happen in football and you, you can't really volley a player right in front of the referee and he was rightly sent off. Um, so, there you go. We've got, te- we got 10 men. We're playing as well as we've played in years and everything's looking fantastic. Um, continuing to dominate. Balassi came on for Williams and he's getting he went close and Wilf was terrorising him. Uh, and, and we got to a point, and I'll talk to you about this, guys, if, if I may. Um, probably around 70 minutes-ish. And you had, I think, Balassi and, and Wilf sort of ended up on the same flank and there was a bit of showboating going on you know a little bit of dancing around on the ball that sort of stuff and a few people picked up on that later on is that's not as a bit naive do you agree with that we did it against charlton didn't they 
Mm. They did it against Charlton in the second half, but I mean, it just shows that they're you know showboating. It's not. It's showing off. It means you're enjoying. You're enjoying playing. You know. I mean, the, the other thing as well. I mean, getting that, that draw against Forest. Listen, they're a good side. No matter what, we made them look very, very average. But they had seven chances, two on target, and they scored one. You know, it, it, if I'd have scored it in the thirty-third minute, they they scored a goal, and that, so. Off, off, you know, I thought we'd done enough to win. Had we been a tiny bit more clinical up front, I think we would have murdered them. And it wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been unjust had we scored 4 or 5. That's Joe, the thing. That, 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 that uh, stat you were talking about with shots is what I was alluding to earlier when I was saying about being a more attack and expansive game. Because in that particular game, we had, I think, 14 shots in all and 6 on target. And believe me, compared to, like, you know... Uh, the end of last season, well, the latter half of last season and the start of this season, that's, that, for, for us, that's quite a lot of shots. But, you know, but then that, that, that stat takes us into why we get, why we got so many corners because yeah, exactly. We, we, that's we, that's yeah, what I was, was, was going to say. You, yeah, you go. We're more getting more attack. shots, so what they're having to the keepers having to make more saves or clearances off the line or whatever. So we're getting yeah. more corners and roll on you know so the attacking football is creating more chances because then we're getting corners and better, better attacking positions more chances to score creating more chances getting exactly. better results but them getting a goal I mean they are you know I mean it was Blackstock that got it tell me who wouldn't want him in their side he's a great striker for you know for our division he's a very good striker and he will I don't score know about great but, um, well alright he's a very good striker and he will score bundles of goals the geezer scored goals you know wherever he's gone and he will Listen, he does. You're right. He does a very good job as the big lump, the big lump up front. He, he really is. I mean, and again, you saw. And they had sharp cocks as well, didn't they? They did. Well, yeah, there's a touch of the Stoke that. about them when they were when they were getting desperate with you know with the long throws into the box up to a big man, and you know, and he put us under it. It was him who changed the game really uh, in those last few minutes. And that's only what we used to do with Alan Lee and all that. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's a recognised tactic. I'm not criticising it at all. But obviously, I'm happy that I'm happy that we're doing things a different way now. Uh, but, but that was the Rambo way Forrest as well, wasn't it? Rambo yeah, yeah. scored at the end. I couldn't believe that save that, um, mm. that Kenneth Williams made. It was unbelievable. Kenneth Williams, Just Lee Camp. Yeah, he was. All oh, right, okay, I like it. Um, right. anyway yeah. Uh, anyway but he just stuck his hand out and, and it just happened to hit his hand I think that was more yeah, yeah, no. no listen we were, we were we were very unlucky but there were, to me I did think we did show and I, again I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I think I think we do need to learn certain lessons but but I did think we showed a tiny little bit of naivety um, just to even just you, you, you know it's 10 men and you've got to see that game out no matter what you do we were easily good enough to see that game out um Things do happen. Things get changed, and you have to respond to them. But, but I was a little bit disappointed, I have to say. Um, but it didn't really sour it too much. And, and, and again, and the other thing to think about really is that, that the quality of the player who played the pass, which was uh, Simon Cox, uh, he he is just he's something. He's, he's a very very good striker. And when you if you if you can watch that goal back and see see the pass he plays to Blackstock, any weight less on it it doesn't get to him and any more weight on it and it's Speroni's ball every time it was absolutely perfect um so yeah again these things do happen um Jill yeah no just I was I was gonna you know comment on that is that it was it was a fantastic touch and but that's why they work you know they obviously play this two up front um 
and and, they, and it just works for them. I mean, we're we're still playing, you know, Murray up on his own, but you can see they are going to be a threat. They will score loads of goals, but it's just that the fact that we played so well, um, and we're and we were enjoying the football that they didn't really get a look in. Like you're saying, if we had a murdered them, you know, but like I say, that that that's uh, that that right, and he, he held the ball up and he waited, and that little tiny poke at 45 degrees right into his you know right into his path and all they had to do was stick a leg out and guide it towards the goal mm. um, I, don't, I, I mean I'd, I was okay. going to say Jules might have done better I don't know having seen it on the telly I saw it in, you know with my own eyes and I did call it but you know they, they, I thought they were going to they didn't look like scoring it was a surprise yeah. to all of us but you, yeah. you know that they are capable of scoring so, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I know you're talking, saying, saying about with, with Jules, maybe should have done better, and Alex has been saying that as, as well in, in the uh, in the chat there. But like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I, I think it's a bit of a weird one. He came. He seemed to come out slightly at the wrong angle, and it it was a kind of the ball was underneath him when he was coming, when he was getting down to it. So it, was a, it looked a bit clumsy. But when you yeah. think about it, moments after that, uh, you know, long throw comes in Pulled straight onto straight onto Blackstock's head, and it's just sensational save. The yeah, ball's absolutely. gone past him, and he's just got. a got a hand out and just clawed it away but you know these this, yeah yeah and that that's what you get with Jules I mean like they say maybe maybe it's a mistake I, you know I don't know but but you get a, a shot he's just a superb shot stopper and, and, and redeemed himself as you quite rightly say Joe look uh, I'm going to go I'm going to bring in Alex now if you can take us through a few tweets on the, the forest sort of performance result situation yeah of course I've got uh, Will Gain who said dominated Forrest had 10 minutes spare on the first half where they look good except that nothing unlucky to draw and very positive uh, Simon Price thought I thought Forrest were our best performance for a few years until the second half against Cardiff got to keep Zaha and Williams then Lee Ward put it's not just a one off game we've been very impressive uh, since the close of the window mm. no, I think Willie's comment was related to one of the discussions we're having but I think that's actually a really good point we we have been excellent um, since since we got the players in that we wanted to get I think um, it's, it seems weird that everyone was talking. Sorry, I was miles away from my microphone there. Um, it seems we've been talking all this time uh, before, uh, you know, when we weren't winning games and whatever. Everyone was talking about getting this striker in to score the goals and all that sort of stuff. And we get David Goodwill in, and we just haven't used him. Um, but what we have, we've just what we have done is well, what Dougie's done, what he's shown is that he actually knew that the key areas all along that we needed to strengthen in. Um, and and I think was, also um, we've always said, haven't we? It, on this show that if you give the service to Murray, he will score you goals. And I'm not talking about the two penalties, but, but that the, the, the angle that he scored the second goal, um, mm. you know, if you, as we said before, if you look at all Murray's goals for Brian, they were all from, from decent crosses and from balls into the six yard box. And, and, and he is good from, you know, from mm. that perspective. I know he hasn't got a lot of pace on that, but he, you know, you do deliver some decent balls, and he, he got no service last season. He's getting some service this season from both flanks, and he probably can't believe his luck. Mm, and that's what happens. You give him, you give him service. Well, no, I mean, we it. said, we said it. You know, we said it um, a long, long time ago that if you if you provide him with service, that Murray will score the goal. I mean, we we both said it, Chris, and I, I'd like to take a little bit of you know. A little bit of uh, praise for that, I, I, you know. If, if <laughs> Dougie was obviously listening, oh, listening to the show and, mm-hmm. so um, you know, it's, it's 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 not what yeah. you know. So you no, know, obviously, you're, you're right. It's all you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all yeah. it's all down to him. He gets a sweetie. What what does he get, Chris? Um, 
Yeah, moving swiftly on from that. So, listen, you can't tell in jokes that no one's aware of. Uh, anyway, I forget. I'll give up with you, Mike. <laughs> not me. Absolute nightmare, mate. Uh, but anyway, look, that was the Forest game. I'm not going to dwell any any further on it. We want to talk about yesterday um, and how amazing that was. But listen, we, we had a good. It was a good atmosphere. It was a good. It was a good day. It was a good Tuesday night game. Uh, and despite only drawing the match, everyone was feeling very optimistic, and and perhaps rightly so. But weirdly, <laughs> if you know. Weirdly taking us on to Cardiff, I guess. Um, we just... We kind of like... Even before the Cardiff game, you, there was... Our, ben was showing me uh, some in the programme. There were some predictions from journalists and, and various other Palace-related people who were all saying, we're going to lose to Cardiff. Uh, it's amazing that we... We watch, watch us play some of the best football that we've, um, that we've, ever, what we've seen in, in, in years... Yet we go into our next game thinking we're going to lose it, and I, and I don't know quite why that was. Um, I thought as well. I have to admit, I, I really don't understand why I felt so apprehensive. Um, just to pick on that last little bit, um, Ryan Lamar uh, has said Forest's performance was class, best game we've uh, played. Oh, that's cut off slightly. Hold on a second. I'm going to have to get something done about this. We've played yet not one. Oh. <sighs> Oh, not one. He means W-O-N. So, for, uh, best game we've played yet, not one. <laughs> My brain works now. Uh, and then he says, Cardiff, what a, what a comeback. All um, great performances. Onward and up. Uh, and that, yeah, that leads us nicely into it. That went badly. I'm sorry for mangling your uh, tweet there, Ryan. It's it's always going to happen when you stay out drinking as long as I did last night. Um, so, listen, every, Cardiff. Every night. Yeah, <laughs> it's most nights, to be fair. Um yeah, you say it like that, but you were there with me last night. Mm, yeah, at least indeed. I think you were. I can't really recall <laughs> when when we left. But look, look we got a Saturday game, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us with the attendance was twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven people. Um, I am <laughs> reliably informed that the actual people through the gate was sub ten thousand. Uh, if you can believe that as well, um, that that was that that. Yeah, I won't even say where that came. But yes, that's what I, what I heard. So I mean, that's that's a, that's a topic we're going to talk about almost straight away. But I'll run you through the lineup again, uh, just in case you need a reminding. Uh, Julius Brony in goal. Obviously, Delaney Ramage continuing their partnership at the uh, centre back. Uh, Parr came in for Moxie. Blassi came in for Williams, who had uh, taken the knock as we mentioned before. Uh, but uh, and so yeah, Darcy Blake came in for Joel Ward. He can probably consider himself a bit unlucky to be dropped after performing very well against Forest. But um, and obviously uh, Andre Moritz, who's been impressing in training, uh, came in to replace Owen Garvin, who again was absolutely excellent against Nottingham Forest, and can feel very aggrieved not to be not to be part of uh, of the team that started against Cardiff. But um, look, where where are we where we wanted to start? Um, it's on a little bit of a negative. I promise we won't dwell on, dwell on it too much. And to be honest with you, it's a difficult one because most of the people who will be listening to this, either live or will have downloaded it, or who will read any of the comments you put on a message board, all that sort of, are the sort of people who would be at Selhurst no matter what, and, and the sort of people who are, you know, certainly the guys who are ab- abroad or or whatever. They would love love the opportunity to get down and watch the team. So really, we're gonna we're gonna be moaning about something that none of you guys listening can do anything about. Well, or so we say. But I mean, when you when you get a Saturday game, when you've recently beaten, you know, one of your rivals, which we you know, obviously Charlton are, as much as we hate to admit it sometimes, um, and when you're playing fantastic football, and, and you can't 
you know, and suddenly you're missing 2,000 fans. It's, it's a horrific thing. I want to get your comments on that, Mark, if I may. Yeah, well, I have a, a theory behind it. It's nothing particularly, um, uh, well, I should say uh, academic. But uh, I'm a, when you've got two home games in a week and the London Derby, which there was 3,500 of us at that, um, that's a lot of money in a nutshell. But uh, looking at the attendances overall for the first four games, it, they average out at about 14 2. And that's, I'm reliably informed that that's only 900 people lower than last season. So, although it does sound like horrendous attendance, I mean, for example, Millwall's average is, is 9,000. And our average is 14 and a bit. And last year, last year it was 15. So, at this stage of the season. So, you know, I just think uh, it's a lot of money for people to pay. I mean, when, when you're going all out drinking all day, then going to football, drinking afterwards all night you know what I mean Chris I don't know what you're talking about mate. I don't <laughs> uh, it turns out to be an expensive day so I, I, that, that's what I I'm think gonna, but uh, yeah, it, it was it, it was a poor it was a poor attendance considering Forest brought two and a half but uh, I think you know three games in a week basically isn't it you stopped well <sighs> does anyone want to got a view on it yeah or not? I, I, I have yeah I've got I've got a different view um I think uh, the, the reason that the attendance was down, well, I can tell you why at least one person wasn't there was because he was taking his daughter to university. This weekend was the big uni, uh, uh, everyone, or the, you know, all the new guys going back, um, being dropped off by their parents, etc. So you had a lot of 40-somethings that weren't there. Um, and I personally know two or three that, that, uh, that would have been a palace. Uh, TJ? Um, I know he took his daughter. So Are you naming and shaming? Uh, no, I'm not naming and shaming. His, <laughs> his daughter is trying to make something of her life and become a tax dodger for the next three or four years. <laughs> but um, I'm only joking, Tony. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was that, that, that would have definitely... There's, there's loads of reasons why. I mean, it, you know, how many people go to, go to uni? There's loads. You know, just because we're Palace fans, don't mean to say we've got stupid kids. Um, <laughs> you know, it's this... Uh, but no, that's, that's, sometimes it, it happens. But yeah, yeah. Um, look, um, I want to pick up on something that um, that Jack Fitzgerald just tweeted. He, he talks about the fact that he um, he'd like it if uh, they they went deals, you know, sort of multiple buy deals and match packages. That's that's the way to go. Like get a Tuesday and Saturday game for thirty five quid. He suggested. And well, like, listen, I know, I, I I know what you're saying there, mate. And and you're you're right. That would be a great way to go. But there's just football's a weird business, right? You're limited to the number of deals you can put on. I mean, once you've set your prices, and obviously you set your prices to be competitive and to get the most amount of money about out of the people that are going to come to your game. Because the truth is, everyone says, I'll oh, make it a tenner a game. If you make it a tenner a game, there's still not enough people who would come to make up the shortfall. It just, just doesn't work that way. Everyone thinks it does and thinks it's got this magical thing that you can you know, just just come up with. But it just, it just does not work that way. Um, so... What, whilst you're you're absolutely right, you, you're restricted in what you can do. I think you've got like a like five deals or something like that you can do, and most of those are obviously taken up with family days and things like that. So I agree. I mean, look, the cost of football is is horrific. Uh, I did see someone uh, write something about uh, if you compare. I think they were talking about over thirty years. If you, if you took took the price of a ticket and implied inflation, 
that a one pound ticket would have gone to what I think it was seven pounds or something like that or six pounds sixty. Um, but having said that, um, it's not about inflation really. It's not about because if you if you applied the same logic and looked at players' wages, um, I don't really think that <laughs> I don't really think that it actually. I've just noticed Jill disappeared on the conversation that's a shame um still here don't worry you're still here are you mark i going christ for that uh but anyway, look it's, it's one of those debates that will run and run and and we obviously we've had uh, steve paris talk about it before and i've been in tip ticketing forums and we've talked about it and we've made all these suggestions um and quite right no no quite rightly the club has said look this is why this is why it don't work and it's it, they've it, proved it haven't they i mm. think you know they've they've said you know we could get everyone in for a tenner but we still wouldn't fill the stadium so i've had, you know. a, uh, had a message from, from from nick who's pointed out it costs him uh, him and his two boys uh 22 pound a game with season tickets i mean can't really argue with that when you when he's this day and age really so it's not really about personally i don't i know i completely get what what joe was saying he's absolutely right when he when he says you know, it, well, and and you, where's actually your point, Mark? Sorry, I was going to take your argument about when you were saying that was an expensive day, but you know, I, I don't know. Is, is the season tickets are the way to go if you can afford it, and if you can't, obviously it's a problem, I guess. But but I don't, they do, I don't know. They do the best the club to try and you know accommodate people who can't pay for the season ticket as a one-off and so forth. So there's all sorts of schemes in to try and get people along. It's so still paid, don't the ground, does it? I paid my no, it doesn't. And I paid paid my season ticket in instalments this year, which was a great help. Um, out of the amount of money I wasted going to every game last season, really. But look, it's a it's a difficult subject. I really do. I really do. It's something I feel strongly about, and I think it's weird. Everyone gets so, so massively on the defensive about it when you start saying, "Oh, why didn't you go to a game?" or "Why haven't you bought your season yeah. ticket this year?" Everyone goes immediately on the defensive, and but they all sort of like, yeah, don't, don't they sort of say, "Well, uh, like, or oh, you're not a real fan," and all this rubbish gets written. Well, on yeah, forums, you get doesn't that. it. You, you get that, Mark. That's, that's sort of two sides to it. You get people saying, oh, you're not a proper fan if you don't go to games, which is ridiculous. Um, no, and But then you've got the flip side of it where people are saying, you know, oh, don't have a go at me. I could have gone. I just don't want to watch that rubbish and blah, 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 blah. But then in the same breath, we'll say, you know, why aren't, there, why aren't the board spending the one and a half million quid? Well, if you can't buy 20 quid on a match day, then... You know what right have you got to ask someone else, one of your fellow fans, to dip into their pockets and spend a million and a half? But oh, you know, the truth is that most people don't fit into any of the categories of, of the extremes that people argue about. You know, the extreme situation that I just spoke about there of a fan who won't go to a game but asks the board to spend money. Most people aren't anything to do with that. Most people either have other responsibilities in their life that have taken a priority over football. Or they have, you know, they're short on cash, or they're short on time, or they don't live close enough to the, to the ground anymore. And these are all problems that over a period of time the club have got to look to overcome. But you know, in some situations, they can't overcome them. And, and it's not whatever you say. There's just not five thousand or six thousand fans just waiting to come to a championship game. Premiership's a different story. But but there's not five thousand Palace. Waiting, who who would just if you knock a fiver off of a ticket price, who will suddenly start going to a football match? Just don't really work that way. But um, thirty thousand pallets if we get to a final, though. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, how yeah, well, we know that that's the same. Uh, every club has that. Scenario. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's a very good point, Mark. You make, and and it's a point I want to leave this on. Is we, this is not a unique problem to Palace. It's a shame that a lot of people have blamed the football for the reason they're not going because now people are saying, well. 
you know, the football's good, so now you can go. Uh, but that's going to be a bit of a weird argument for a while. But if you look around the grounds, it's just that attendances are on the slide and there's a lot of reasons for it that are certainly just about football in general rather than about Palace. But um, look, anyway, let's let's talk about that match. Look, the first half, first 15 minutes, same as same against Forest, I think, when it, it was just attacking. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Exciting football. Um, you know, we put. They're a very, very good team, Cardiff, and, and a lot of them are saying that's the worst they've played. But that's the same for Forest, and it's the same for Sheffield Wednesday. We are. You know, we are doing that to teams. We're stopping them playing and we're, we're putting our own game on them. And, you know, pretty much the first chance was us. It was KG again, effort from range that we were talking about earlier, deflected, and it was well saved by David Marshall. But Cardiff, at that point, a non-existent attacking force. I'll, I'll bring you guys in on, on that point, really, the first 15 minutes before it went all wrong. Um, well, I'll bring, I'll bring you in, Mark. Optimistic yeah, that in that first thought, 15 minutes? I thought it was a great opening 10. I mean, normally we can be quite slow out of the traps. But I thought it was positive. I thought we kept possession well. I thought we looked, you know, good going forward. And then, uh, then it all went tits up, you know. Uh, you know, defensive error to the led to the opening goal. I mean, I know the second goal that quickly followed was also a bit of an error, but it was a superb strike by Cowie, uh, I have to say. But it was still something. Uh, it was still a ball that should have been cleared. He should never have had the chance to hit that anyway. But uh, yeah, I thought I was. It, I couldn't believe it. I was like 15 minutes gone, two nil down. They had two shots. In fact, that's all I think they had for the whole match. Two got two goals, and uh, yeah. well, we hadn't really done anything wrong. I don't no, know what anybody else thinks. <clears throat> when, when you look at those goals as well, um, obviously, well, you know, we, we'd had we'd had a few chances and what have you. When for that the first goal, the first goal basically, Gunnarsson's just just running with the ball. AG's come sliding in to tackle him. Uh, and uh, apparently my microphone is sounding rubbish. I don't know what's happened to it today. I'm blaming my rubbish computer. Hopefully it will sort itself out. Um, apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but anyway, look, the, um, the the tackle came in from KG and, and it basically knocked the ball back towards Ramage at quite a pace with Gunnison continuing his run. And it just bounced off Ramage. Poor touch, maybe. Maybe he didn't have time to react properly. Not completely sure. But basically bounced bounced off Ramage straight into his path again. He didn't even need to break stride. Suddenly he's completely through on goal and can just slot the ball home. And it's it's just bizarre, really. Um, but but there we are. We're 1-0 down. And you're thinking, how the hell has that happened? You know, it can't possibly get any worse than conceding that. And then seconds later on, as a, a long throw comes into the edge of the area. Uh, sorry, comes into the box, cleared to the edge of the area. Bellamy takes a, a, a sort of nothing shot into a crowd of people. Deflects up, could go absolutely anywhere. 
and it just lands perfectly to Don Cowie, who it's a great volley to be fair, but it just lands straight at him to to smash it in. We're two 0 down and we're dominated. And well, look, Mark, I don't know about you, but I, I thought I saw that I thought the guys' head, well, their heads are going to drop now. Uh, and and I thought for a while we we looked, you know, a little bit. Well, it was also up. yeah. Well, also yeah. Immediately, well, almost immediately after that, Bellamy. Don't know how he missed. To be quite honest, smacked it over the bar from six yards, and that would have been three 0 and that probably would have been game over. But um, he missed, and uh, and 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 that's I know. And then the story unfolds, and on, the rest on a they fantastic, say yeah, and yeah, uh, turned into a, a fantastic well, look, I mean, game. <clears throat> I mean, we I think we did really well in that not not to completely capitulate in that in that first half. Like you say, Bellamy did have that chance for three, and I think Malky Mackay said nine times out of ten he scores that, maybe ninety nine out of a hundred. And but we did come back into it, and the guy, you know, Wilf I thought was playing pretty well. Blassie had a, a very good game. I don't know. I have to say, I kept thinking I wanted, I, even though Blassie was playing well, I, I wanted Williams on that pitch. I know me and Ben were talking about what we'd change, and every time I was saying, just I'll take Blassie off, put Williams on them. I'll take oh, well, okay, I know absolutely uh, monster he was a beast yesterday I thought mm-hmm. he was my man of the match I know Murray got the goals but to me, he was my man of the match but we we chatted about that in the pub didn't we afterwards anyway yeah we did yeah listen I, I, I got it wrong I, I was just you know I was looking I, my motivation was we need to get back in this game I want our best player who, you know Johnny Williams on the on the pitch um, and <laughs> yeah really when I I don't know. I just I don't know. I mean, I thought Wilf Zaha later on in the game was was magnificent as well. I think there was a lot of great performances, but but I, yeah, again, hey, we, do you think uh, do you think Balassi? I mean, I did talk to you last night about it, but I don't remember very much. But um, he kind of he, he he's kind of like when when they're both playing out wide, it's almost like you know, Balassi is kind of like just a. A variation on Zaha, you know, he's he's a constant menace. He's always beating his man, uh, but he he seems to be a little bit stronger in a in the tackle and a little bigger up top, and 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 he seems to um, look for a pass and try to deliver a pass more often than not. Whereas Wolf tries to sort of beat his man two or three times and then maybe look up. And I just think Blassie just seems like he's been in the game a bit longer and and. It's right. got a different sort of head on him, and and he looks for a pass. Whereas Wilf sometimes tries to beat his man, as we all know. That doesn't make Wilf. I'm not knocking Wilf for that. I'm no, just no, saying, no, no. Look, but it's it's kind of he's I'm like not... a more polished end product. I mean, Wilf will probably go on to be a better player at the end of the day, no doubt. But, but as, as it stands at the moment, I think Wilf could learn a lot off of Yannick. You know, that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, listen, mate. I, look, I know, I know the point you're making uh, over and over again for some reason, but I know the point you're trying to make. It's look, it's they're different players for a start. I mean, like like you say, there's a, there's a similarity there. And yes, Balassi seems to know when to pass, uh, but perhaps maybe more than Wilf does. But I think I think it's a situation that gets massively overanalyzed. I really do. I think Wilf puts in far more good crosses than he gets credit for. I think Wilf plays the ball far more often in the right way than people realise. I just think it's one of those where he he's just so often the guy we look to that his his errors are, are highlighted more. And I think But do you don't think the pressure's been taken looking, off though? It has no you're absolutely right. He is benefiting from having 
Balassi on the other wing, and he's benefit like just like he benefits when Williams is in the team, and they're all benefiting. They benefited from Moritz's performance in the second half. It took a lot of pressure off of people. It's really impressive. Um, we just, I, I, you know, we, we're lucky to have the players that we've got, and I, I still believe we're luckiest to have Wilf, and, and I still believe as well as Balassi played, and he did play brilliantly well, but I still think Wilf is a you know, is, is on a different level to Blassie. That's not a criticism of Blassie. He was fantastic. He really was fantastic. But um, look, I, I just yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get carried away on this issue. I think we're both are good players in their own right. Um, and we're just. Oh, it just adds a new dimension, doesn't he? It Blassie. does. Yeah. And it, and instead of it all last year, we were just playing down one wing all the time to Wilf, and it was constant. Now, the the players spread right across the pitch and it, it's, it's great to watch and, and, and it's working. You know? I'm going to try and pick up on a, there's a couple of relevant emails to this game before we get into the, the sort of second half discussion really. Um, the, the first one really I'm going to read that was from Graham Burke. I just wanted to take us back and he's talking about the fact yesterday was his uh, first, yesterday was my first home match of the season. I think it's fair to say my timing was impeccable. Even when we were two down and I'm not sure how that happened I felt we were a better team and at no time were we out of the match. Everybody played their part, and it would be unfair to forget any individuals. It was a great team performance. To be honest, I stayed away from Sellers towards the end of last season because I was totally fed up with our negative tactics. Having supported for the team for 50-plus years and with Journey to Sellers becoming more onerous and costly, I want, observe, deserve, sorry, <laughs> to uh, to be entertained in my old age. More of yesterday's performances, performance will have me come in, wanted to come to every home game. I'm sure that goes for many others. Uh, as for next Saturday away to Bolton, I can't see why we shouldn't take all three points. They are likely to underestimate us. So if we take the game to them like we did yesterday, they are there for the taking. Uh, it's just keep up the work. Thanks, Graham. It's good, good to hear from you. It's been, you know, been a while since we've heard from you. And, uh, yeah, you're, I, can, I can kind of understand where that's coming from. Um, the, I, I, well, I have my own feelings about how, how the football was last season and the reasons for it. I think we've covered it in, in enough detail, really. I think... It's pretty clear that the personnel have, have made a bigger impact than anything. I don't. There's been some definite tweaks to the system, and, and there's. And I, I think Dougie spoke about it. Um, maybe it was Lenny Lawrence, but um, about getting one of the midfield, one of an additional midfielder to be sort of released into the attacking, um, you know, into the attacking sense. So you're not getting two people sitting in midfield. You, I think we talked about that last season as well. If I'm thinking right, Mark. Mm, yeah, it come up. Yeah, it, yeah. But uh, we just didn't have the personnel. It is about, you know, there was all this sort of panic that we hadn't brought anyone in and we didn't have anything, and no one was going to score any goals. And we were too defensive playing KG and Jedi. Only one, there was only room for one of them and so forth. But, you know, I don't know. I was talking yesterday about the effect that Lenny Lawrence has had, and I'm not going to, I don't know, and I'm not on the training ground, obviously. But Lenny Lawrence, to me, was kind of suffocating I got the feeling last season the players and 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 Doogie was reacting to it in the sense that he was very defensive in his lineup and then and obviously that was reflected in the play and the game and the fact that we were so woeful in the second half of the season. Somehow it seems like Doogie has got more experience now and now he's maybe turning around and saying no we're not we're not going to be as defensive as we were last season we're going to play like this and we're going to play with wide men and we're going to attack from the flanks and we're going to put crosses into Glenn and he's going to be on the end of them and this is how we're going to play and, and the two holding midfield players are going to you know work their, their nuts off for us and, and I think you know 
it's it's all changed and and i wonder whether doogie's become more of the gaffer that we want than yeah. than I've... than than lenny's right hand man or what? when it should be the you know he's got a massive that? respect for him no because he's said how many years with charlton in the premiership as much as I hate Shelton, and I, I, I can't have anything to do with him, yeah, but he, he can't. Mark, he kept him in the in the bloody Premiership. Our Did defensive quality. Are you sure? What was he, he kept... not mani- Was he not manager of them when they were in, in the, the Premiership? I don't know, mate. I think he, oh. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I thought I thought Lenny Lawrence was manager of Shelton when they were in the Premiership. But anyway, yes. It, 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 listen, the, the thing about we were we were solid, right? Until we lost two of our players. That's when our season fell apart, when we started losing. As soon as Gardner got injured, and it's, you know what I mean? That's, that's what we stopped. There was nothing at all wrong with our defence until we lost Paddy and, and, uh, and Gardner. No, I didn't say as, there was anything wrong with the defence. What I was saying was, you said, was we, we, the way we, we, we were set up. Yeah, but it's well, not yeah, the same we had now, two is it? great defenders then, didn't we? And then, well, for our standard... And then, and that was, but that was the way he set it up. And then we was always hitting people on the break. Now we're not hitting people on the break. What we're doing is we're actually hitting them like we should be. When we're the home team, we're attacking all the time. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's changed. Well, it's changed because he went and bought five players. Or got five extra players in. Two wingers, which we did now. We didn't have any wingers last year. We was getting Wolf to do it. Crossing to nobody. So what was well, the... That's exactly now, my now, point. That's exactly my point. He's bought in. He, who, we don't know who chose, who went to scout these players. They were all... You know, like, I can't understand how Belassi couldn't get a game for Bristol City, why Ipswich want to get rid of Delaney, and so forth. But when they come to us, they're suddenly, like, immense players. Someone's responsible for picking these players up for next to nothing as far as transfer fee goes. Someone's got to have scouted them. And I'm just saying that we were very defensive and negative last year, but now we've brought in more attacking players. Whoever is responsible for that, we're playing an expansive game. We could have still played the same sort of game with three defensive midfield players this season as we did last season, but we're not. We're playing with width and, 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 and you know, we're attacking and, and it's paying off. And I'm just saying, like, you know, something's got to have happened. Someone's got stepped in and said, you know, this football's not good enough. We're not getting results. You know, we're being spanked. We're, our performances are rubbish. Uh, it's got to change. And I'm just well, saying... I'm just saying, it? perhaps Doogie's, Doogie being an ex-strike and everything, maybe he's taken, said, right, the shackles are coming off. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just, this is just what I'm, you know, that's what we're debating, isn't it? Right. Do you not think it might have been the owners said that this is shit and, get, and we'll get some players in and sort it out? I don't think the owners go down the training ground and tell Doogie that it's Well, I'll shit. tell you what, if I'd have spent 10 million quid, mate, and watched that football week in, week out, I would have been down there, as our other owners have been in the past, and said... This is this is not good, and we ain't pay- and and we've got to do something about it. Anyway, right. just very very quickly. No, we respect Joe. That's horseshit. Well, you, mm. do you not reckon? You don't reckon that that uh, Parish would have said anything at all? I don't think, I think that Parish gets changed. involved. I don't think Parish gets involved. I don't, you don't think, think he, you I don't, don't think, think he went and told Dougie how to do his job. No, 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 not not how to do his job. What he, I'm sure that's that someone what it, that's what it entails, mate. No, listen, I, I don't I don't disagree that there will, there will be conversations. Like, you know. Parish said before him, uh, him and Dougie speak all the all the time. So I'm sure there's been discussions on it. But he, they're very, he's ad- always been adamant that you know Dougie is in charge of the football. He deals with that. You know, I don't think that's the, what's changed. I think no, what no, has, no, no, I'm, 
I'm not saying I'm not saying that, Chris. What I'm saying is he could have turned around and said these tactics are negative because I have hint, I have seen it from his posts and from his from his tweets. No, again, no. See, again, that the only, time, the, the only time that ever happened was was in relation to people giving giving him grief on Twitter, and and he just basically said, look, Dougie. I don't play two defensive midfielders. Dougie does. Don't talk to me about it. I just signed the checks. And everyone read that as him criticising Dougie. But he absolutely wasn't. He was just saying, look, talk about the football is done by the, the coaching staff. And, the, the you know, the buy of the signing of checks and paying of money is done by the, by the owners. Just well, get we, those two we've things just, right. We've just gone 180 degrees in, in literally in, in since the first game of the season. Yeah, and the... Sorry, man, I didn't now, mean to talk over you. Uh, no, that's all right. And now, anyway, can we just can we just do, say one thing while we've been on here? Um, mm. And uh, Alex has just been obviously been keeping an eye on on, on the TV, etc. John mm. Terry has just uh, retired from international football. Has he? If, yes. Thank God uh, for that. Oh, good. Don't get. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But, um, just, but look, just look, bring that. I, look, I know, mate. We'll, we'll maybe maybe we'll have a chat about that another time. But um, let's focus on what we're talking about here. Look, I, I, listen. I know exactly what you're saying, but I, to me, the the one, the, the, it's a much more obvious thing. Everyone's talking about this. There's been some massive change of philosophy, or blah blah blah. It's much much more obvious. And the change in fortunes just coincided, as Lee Ward tweeted in earlier, it coincided with the fact that we signed some players. Exactly. <laughs> it's really obvious. It's like we we waited. We didn't sign rubbish just to get people through the door when people were throwing their toys out the pram. We didn't sign, sign a load of rubbish. We waited until we could get the right players. And, and if anything, we, you know, we've we're seeing the benefits of actually having a bit of patience. And thank God we do have a bit of patience in the people running the club. Because we certainly ain't off off the field, have we? Um, listen, I want to really quickly go. We were asking a few questions. I'm going to bring Alex in now if he is available. Um, there was a couple of bits and pieces I think tweeted in. Well, and Joe, you're going to you're going to read some of the four word reviews that we got from the game as well. Um, we will go back and revisit that second half shortly. But um, the comment, well, certainly Alex was that the best Palace team in six years. We wanted some comments on that. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, I've got Will Gaines said the 05-06 and the 07-08 squad was better, apparently. Uh, and Ryan Lama says, well, we have the players on the bench who are as good as the players starting, so I'd agree with that. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, And yeah, go on. And Bradley Gillen says, best squad for years. We could be the surprise team this year, uh, like Blackpool and Reading were. Mm. Oh, that's, that's an interesting point. I've got to talk, obviously, against another general point, so we can we can all talk about this. Um, I, I don't know about. Well, I don't know if we can quite get to the, the sort of level of Blackpool. And again, I suppose Swansea before that as well did. And I don't know. If we, I, I don't think we should certainly write anything off. Um, Will's point about oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight being better. I'm not sure. I, you know, I'd have to go back and look at those. Um, I certainly know that um, both Lenny and Dougie have been quoted as saying that maybe our first eleven isn't even as strong as last year. But as a squad, we've just got more strength in depth and more of the right characters. Um, just basically guys feedback on what well there's a start with you joe yeah well with that i mean that's the other thing we have got strength in depth um what do you, what do you want some forward reviews hmm. uh Stuart Lynham, murray take a bow jonathan chase murray is our leader samuel margo trademark on his name murray hattrick hero ash driven passion uh, passionate deserved murray um kieran nash i'm loving murray Sean Connolly, Murray, 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 Win. Right. Sean uh, Connolly, 
Connor right, Lee. Right, right. You can stop out. there. You can stop there. Um, stop. <laughs> if, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, I know we we right, we were, we're going to comment a bit more on the squads, but I think we'll leave that where it was. Um, Alex, you got a few for me. Uh, for the four four word reviews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, Patrick O'Connor who says Zaha Balassi Murray unstoppable, mm. uh, and Adam Reynolds says Balassi all the way. Uh, Nick Gussett says Selhurst Park rocking again. Stuart Shave says future is Dougie Friedman, and Wayne Gallagher says Palace three Wrexham two. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> good as all. Like good work. Um, yeah, yeah, that's actually a very good point. I, was, um, I did notice that Lee asked for a five-word review and got, gave us eight no stopping us now as well. I like the uh, direction reference. It also reminds me of the, the banner that the HF put up yesterday, which was quite good. Uh, it was I was going to ask you what you thought about that. Yeah, Bluebirds uh, Extinct uh, because of your greed. I think sold your soul, no, wasn't it? Bluebirds Extinct killed by your greed. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was well, thoroughly approved. It's, uh, but I think I some of the uh, Bluebirds fans... Yeah. applauded it didn't they as well i think they feel the same way mm, absolutely no, i'll tell you what we'll do we'll finish off we'll finish off talking about that second half and then we'll come we'll come back to the rest of this um well look um where where we broke off to have a nice rant at each other for a while there um obviously we get to, we get to half time so we're we're two nil down at half time we were all talking off off the pitch so not everyone was down but majority of people were walking around like me with a face like thunder Saying yeah, okay, we're unlucky, but we we don't come back from two goals down. We barely ever come back from a goal down, let alone two goals down. It's damage limitation. We'll, you know, and I think I said we'll probably get one on eighty-five minutes, and then have, have a good five-minute have a go at them. And then the message boards all week will be, oh, well, could we play like that from the start and all that sort of stuff. So I was getting already getting angry, preparing for a <laughs> for a tough show and what have you. But so we've come out in the second half, and we were. I don't, know, I don't know what happened. I really don't. I wouldn't. We weren't bad by the end of the, the first half by any stretch of the imagination. We're still the, probably the better team, but I just well, I don't know what was said at half time. But we just came out and was straight at them really, really quickly. Free kick outside the area. Moritz um, Jindak had, had hit one in the first half, and the two, two of them lining up, one left footed, one right footed, and um, Jednak's one was saved by the keeper first half. Very bit of a weak effort. So it's obviously Moritz's go. Smash the ball from long range. Inexplicable handball by Andrew Taylor. I don't know if the ball was going in. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been far off. But that way, it was a good shot. But a blatant handball. And, and Murray stepped up and converted the penalty. So obviously we put a, game, a goal back at that point. And you think, well, fantastic. Carried on our attacking intent. As Joe just said, it's weird. I was going to say that exact phrase. And then you put it in. Anyway, um, and we, we, were just, we were just sort of... Um, well, no, that's what I was going to say. We, I kind of thought, well, the second we got that goal back, I thought we'd just come straight at them again from the kickoff. But actually, we got pushed back for five minutes or so by, by Cardiff. And I was, you know, got a little bit nervous again. But not that long after, it was uh, another long shot from Moritz. Deflected um, again, where Cardiff got lucky with their second goal. We got a little bit lucky here that the, the ball looped up where it did. It was a strange angle, but, you know, Murray showed himself to be that proper goal scorer because he, because he took it on and he got the ball on target. And that's all you can do as a striker. You know, hit the ball as hard as you can at goal. Get it on target and make the keeper make a save. Or make the defender make a clearance. Via a couple of deflections off all of them. The ball's ended up in the net. It was 2-2. And at 2-2, there's only one team that's going to win that game. And that was Palace. And it, it, 
and it ended up being the case. You know, continuous spell of pressure, some fantastic play. I mean, Balassi at that point had just stepped up into a very special gear, and he was just, you know, switching play at will. I mean, some of the long passing across the across the field, usually to Zaha, two of them linking up across the whole pitch. It was it's fantastic. Uh, Joe, you wanted to come in, Joe. There's only one team going to win it, um, and then we get another penalty. I mean, was it was it on the line? Was it in? Was it out? Yeah, yes, you're right. That's the that's the question, really, mate. Um, I tell you, from from block uh, C of the lower Homesdale, I'm looking at that and I'm laughing because I thought it was miles outside the area because pass coming at a pace, and that's what it's all about. That's why we get the penalty. That's that's why Gunnison's um, sorry Hel- Helgerson, I think it was made was made the challenge because. He's suddenly seen that Pars just absolutely hairing at that ball, and he's going to get there first when Helgerson should have got there. So he's panicked a little bit, and he's thought, "I've got to get to that." And there was no need to make the challenge at all. But when you when you watch it back, it's probably on the line, and on the line is is in the area, so it's the right decision. But I have to say, I think the the distance Pell Pell part fell. Um, made a, made that decision. A oh, lot. he's gone Klinsman, hasn't he? He's gone airborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just absolutely taken off. And yeah, he was running at uh, pace. I mean, uh, Alex is saying press box replays par right foot out, left foot, which was failed, was in the area. So there you go. Um, again, like I so said, I just think it happened at such pace. But I think I think par's momentum made that a lot easier as a decision. And I, and I think it was the right decision. Alex is right there. Um, and fantastic, you know, three three two and. For once, we went three two up, and I and I just did not have any worries really that we were gonna, not until the last sort of two minutes, like you do really, um, that we were gonna do anything other than see that game out, and we kept attacking, and I think that was probably what encouraged people more than anything. Uh, would you say that's right, Mark? Which part of it, mate? It's <laughs> <You're just> finished. <laughs> You've done the whole second half, mate. Yeah, I know. We're not. We're not. We are. So no, go on, tell me seriously, which which bit? Because you interrupted me for about an hour earlier on. <laughs> so like, okay, look, yeah, well, um, yeah ask me questions. Come, ask you a question. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm just saying. Obviously, would you say that one of the most pleasing thing was being able to close the game out by continuing to attack and to keep the ball? Yeah, I mean, I have to say that you always, as you said, you always that dreaded fear. The ball goes up. It's five minutes of added time, and you think, oh, don't sit back, but. Uh, we didn't, and and they didn't really look like, you know. You always worry they had a couple of late corners, didn't they? And so you always worry that you know they're going to get on the end of it. But I was more confident than I have been in in recent weeks and months that uh, we'd be able to see this one out. You know, unlike sort of Watford. That's how quickly things change around. You go first game of the season, couldn't do it, couldn't close the game out. You know, no, you're absolutely right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was 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 good, but um, I think uh, what I wanted to pick up on about, I mean, not just the tactics and the individual players, because you know those that were there obviously know who played well and who didn't, and basically most of the team played well. But I think the despite the attendance only being twelve and a half thousand, the atmosphere was just electric, and and for all the away games you go to and you watch the home crowds and you watch uh, Cardiff as the away fans. 2-0 up, still they don't sing, as, they, as, as most of the ground told them. <laughs> the, the, um, the atmosphere was just incredible. 2-0 down, you know, most people probably would have just thought, you know, just sat there and gone, well, you know, 
next week or next time. And they just sung and and clapped and cheered everything, you know, right around the stadium. It wasn't even just uh, the Alpha White Massive or the Blocks A to C or whatever. Uh, it was uh, in the homestead. It was just the whole ground. And and they really were, you know, they the, the you know 12th man, the crowd being your 12th man, is always banded around a lot and, you know, people use it in all sorts of contexts. But they we were like the 12th man. And I think the players really did rise to the occasion in, in, in respect of the... You know, the fact that they were clapped off even though they were 2-0 down at half-time. They came out with their heads up and, and, and they were rampant in the second half. And it was just, it was, you know, everything was just, you know, fantastic. And I mean, you could say that the 12,000 people that were there or the 10,000 Palace fans that were there made it sound like there was nearly 20,000 there. So, you know... You know, yeah, I, do you know what I mean? It, it was just, I just saw that... I just think the support is so fantastic at the club now... Whatever the situation, that, um, that it's just hard to you know n- not talk about it and not bring it up every time we have a show because you know when you get a good result or when you're down and you come back from two 0 down. I mean, it was about I think eighty nine the last time you came back from two 0 down at half time, and you know and the fans are singing all the way through ninety minutes and they do it every week now, home and away, and and I think it makes such a difference and I think the players really do react to it and I, and I, you know I think you know hats off to everyone who was there and everyone who sang and shouted and screamed for every ball and clapped every tackle and pass because it, it was immense I just thought it was fantastic mm. they absolutely right mate. I won't go into any detail I think you've done enough now like I say there was, there was a Cardiff fan who said um, who said very similar that he thought the difference between the um, the, uh, the the sort of two sets of fans sort of was the difference on the pitch I don't really agree with that I think we were just better than them but but it's certainly it's a refreshing situation to to be part of in um, being two 0 down, and I'm not saying everyone because there was plenty of people within earshot of me who were mouthing off and oh yeah, well look, you know, some to a point, understandably, you know, it's an emotional game. You know, we all, we all get pent up, but the support was was done in the right way, and it does make does make a difference. Um, listen, there's been there's been a fair few emails. I want to get few, through a few of them. We've got our regular email from. From Jerry, he says, hello, Chris and co. If the impressive performance against Forest left a sweet and sour taste, then the uh, uh, second half display, um, individual and team display, was truly memorable result uh, of, against Cardiff, uh, giving good reason for celebration, uh, which we very much took literally there. Um, it says, from the first 12 minutes past at the game to Cardiff, as the lineup suggested, uh, though having conceded two quick goals, we allowed Forest, it means Cardiff, uh, to boss and bully us over the pitch, and the first goal was an individual error. Uh, second half was a shock to the Cardiff fans, uh, as the first half was a shock to many of our own. Uh, there's plenty more from that, Jerry. So I just wanted to pick out that little bit that kind of takes us through it. Um, you do also say that it's um, difficult to single out a man of the match performance, as there were so many strong candidates. Uh, Delaney, Moritz, Zaha and Yannick Balassi were all instrumental in this famous victory. Uh, who do you guys think was the man of the match? I want to ask both. Well, Joe, uh, you to be fair, you weren't re- you weren't there, so I'm going to ask you, Mark. Who was mine your personally? Man? Mine was Balassi, just for his work on the park. Obviously, Murray got the goals, and you know that's uh, you know. But uh, there were several people. I thought Moritz was good until he tired towards the end. I thought um, that. Uh, I thought Johnny Parr had quite a good game. Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's like Johnny Parr, Dean Moxie, 
You know, I always thought Johnny Parr's a more attacking player, maybe a left-sided midfield player. He mm. seems to be a better left-back and more in favour now than, than uh, Dean Moxes. I mean, we could talk about who should play where all day, mm. but I thought he was very good, and Jednak had a solid game again, and both KG and Jednak. I mean, you know, there were so many good performances all around the park. Yeah, at the end of the day, play. Murray was man of the match, but he still had to put the penalties away. He still had to hold his nerve. You know, he had to be in the right place to get that header, you know. I was just going to ask you, I mean, you, uh, I was going to say about Murray, he's got, I mean, I weren't there, but he mm. scored three goals, but you, you've, you've gone through um, Balassi and, and, and everyone else, and without mentioning Murray, but I mean, I'm just, mm. I'm just, he scored three goals, I just think that he should be yeah. at MOM no matter what. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Joe, because I think that, I think the, the thing to pick up on there really is, you're, I don't exactly what you're saying, I just think it's a weird, it's, it shows, it tells its own story that, that there's even any debate that whether Glenn Murray was the man of the match or not, because you know when a striker sticks three in the, in the net, you, you know and wins the game, you just think, well, it's, like you said, it's got to be man of the match, isn't he? But there was that many strong performances from from that many people that there's genuine debate to be had, and it's very pleasing to have that. Um, yeah, I, I I find it a little bit odd. Like I didn't, but last thing I thought was sensational in in the second half and, until he was eventually replaced by. Uh, Williams, I think, and then, but, but, it, I, he seems to have sort of struck a chord with more people, well, more with other people than myself. I think perhaps maybe I needed to watch the game again, but because um, I mean, I was, I suppose it depends where you are in the stadium as well. But I was really impressed with Wilf at the end. Um, I just thought he came to uh, there was a there was a moment where he just he was the only, I think one of the few times we actually had someone up uh, when we were defending potentially a set piece. I think it might have been a corner. We had him wide right, and the ball sort of came to him, uh, you know, in our in our third of the pitch, defending. And he just drew, you know, time and again he does this, but it never ceases to amaze me. But he just basically ghosted past two players as if they weren't there, just completely outskilled them, and then just bombed it up the pitch. And just there's no one could get near him. No one can take the ball off him when he's in that mood. And you know, for me, that's that's spectacular. But I can't say I can't say Wilf was my man in the match. I certainly I thought Moritz was quiet in that first half. To be honest with you, I don't think he really s- stood out until the till the start of the second half. Where, but I know, think he do not feel so. that um, he's developed some sort of telepathic understanding with Glenn Murray. Moritz. The two work. Okay. You're right. The two work well. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thought um, I was really pleased for Joel Ward yesterday because I think he's had a a poor start to his Palace career. And we actually paid money for the guy, <laughs> which. Uh, and uh, I thought when Ramage went off injured, I thought he did a really good job. And uh, you know, that was probably the Joel Ward that that he'd been scouted and and the club had bought turned up yesterday for the yeah, first listen, time this it, season. It was, it was great against Forest as well. I thought. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, you're right. He 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 showed his worth at right back. He's still it, to me still a little suspect defensively. But I think that will that will change. He's gonna have look, he's got he's gonna have some really good coaching from our, from our from our guys because uh, Danny Gabadon was quoted I think as saying that it's like the, the best setup he's ever experienced at Palace. The way the training ground works, you know, not necessarily the facilities or what have you, but just the way the training ground is put together and and the things that people do. He's you know best he's experienced, and that's you know, that's a guy with a huge amount of experience and. He's been at you know a fair few clubs and clubs that are bigger than us, so very encouraging to see. Uh, look, I'm going to have to move us on, I think, sadly, because um, I've just noticed the time, and we've all got lives and things to do, haven't we, or something? Um, 
predictions basically um oh we've got a bolton review to do but we just want to talk about quickly about the predictions from last week mikey correctly predicted the forest result uh, but none of us correctly predicted the cardiff result perhaps understandably uh, we're going to get a little bit of a league table going so at the moment it's just one on zero apart from mikey but over the course of the season we'll uh we'll, we'll revisit that um anyway let's have a quick few minutes um Looking ahead uh, to Bolton, Mark, if you can make this as uh, as brief as humanly possible. Yeah, top scorer for Bolton, uh, Chris Eagles, four goals, and Kevin Davis. They currently lie, I think it's 14th in the league. Uh, they're only above Palace on goal difference. They're players of interest or note that people may have heard of or uh, known from other other games and clubs. Uh, Stephen Warnock, the Villa defender, is on loan there, although he hasn't featured this season. Matt Mills was signed from Leicester in the summer. Uh, and also their defence includes that night and Tyrone Mears. In midfield, they've got Bolton. have got Jay, Jay Spearing on loan from Liverpool and Republic of Ireland international Keith Andrews. And they've also obviously got top scorer Chris Eagles and Mark Davis. Up front, Davis, of course, Kevin Davis. Marvin Sordell, who they got from Watford back in January, and another ex-Liverpool man, David and Gog. Their record at home is pretty good. Played 3-1-2, drawn 1. They beat Derby, they drew with Forest, and they beat Watford. And Bolton, like Palace, have only one clean sheet in their seven league games this season. So that's interesting, I suppose. Mm. Uh, And um, Bolton are yet to concede a league goal in the last 15 minutes of any game this season. So if we're losing 15 minutes ago, then statistically you can leave early because you're not going to get anything from the game. That's the basic (laughs) of it. (laughs) And um, they've... uh, uh, Scored 10 goals this season, six in the first half, four in the second, so that's fairly mm. even there. And uh, um, they've conceded 11 goals this season, um, and six of those have come in the first quarter of an hour uh, after half time. So, statistically, straight after half time is a good time to hit them. Yeah. They, um, they started pretty poorly, didn't they, Mark? And obviously, they're a side that, being relegated from the top division last season, will be expecting to bounce straight back. Uh, but we know it's not that easy to do. Um, Chris Eagles is, is one who's really stood out for him, as you've mentioned. He's their top scorer. Uh, also creates a lot, takes all their set pieces. You know, real danger man. With a name like that, he really should be Palace. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you um, remember when he played against us and when he came yeah. on? We all went. <laughs> we went up to Manchester. It was about five or six yeah. years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was excellent. I just, <laughs> it just feels weird, doesn't it? You know, it's just, it, it just, it seems obvious. It seems something that that's destined to be that he'll be. He is uh, destined to play for us, isn't yeah. he? He must do. He must do. Surely. Has anyone got any comments on um, on the disappearing ball from yesterday? I thought that was hysterical. Oh was yeah, just... I forgot, yeah, you're right. I do want to revisit that, uh, Joe? You wouldn't. That have was so funny. Probably would have read it. Like. Towards the end of the um, the first half, first half yeah. we're two nil, we're two nil down. Um, the ball went out, um, and just kept going to the Cardiff fans. Uh, it's right at the end of the, se- the second, sorry, the first half. We're trying, obviously, trying to get back in the game before half time to give ourselves a chance. Ball goes into their area. They chucked it all the way back up to the thing, held onto the ball. So we wait. It's a good two minutes, wasn't it, Mark? Just no replay. Yeah. As soon as the replay, tried to. I think they th- tried to throw it back in, and it hit one of the posts, flew back up into the. Anyway, it never came back. So another ball had to be rolled onto the pitch. Soon and then as they, they threw it down, as soon as uh, yeah. So basically, other balls time, in play. Yeah. So two balls in play. So it's holding it up even longer. So know. time wasting, basically just taking the piss out of us. So obviously. Yeah. 
when we were 3-2 up and the ball went into our end, guess what happened? <laughs> you know, they're desperate to get back into the game and it's just so... I mean, it's childish, uh, but it was just it was so funny. Fun. Uh, my favourite thing about it when we first did it, it happened a few times, but was the fact that we all stood up in the lower homes there and waved. Jelly, you eating? Did you see? Um, did you see at one stage when when they were three two down? It was our <laughs> it was it was our throwing. <laughs> it was our throwing. Johnny Parr yeah. and they were trying to give the ball to Johnny Parr, the Forest fans, mm. you know, as quickly as possible, so he'd get on with the game. And he just walked like at snail's pace to collect it. It was just, oh, it was just mm-hmm. superb. It was uh, amusing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's a good, good one to bring us back on that one. That's very funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's karma for you. If you, I always get nervous when we start rubbing things in uh, fans' face, away fans' faces and stuff. It's, unless we got a horrible habit of, uh, you know, singing one nil to the Londoners shortly after, shortly before conceding a goal and stuff like that. But um, no, it was, it was, yeah. Look, I mean, pred- predictions for the Bolton game. That's that's where we'll we'll go now. Um, Mark, what do you think? Uh, one one. On one, uh, Joe. I'm mean, obviously probably got a mouthful of food still. Uh, are you able to give a prediction? I am. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm going to go for a a two-one loss. How dare you, sir? Uh, Alex, oh, no. you're there somewhere. What yeah, I've gone. I've gone for a one-one as well. Have you really? I'm <laughs> going to go with a two-nil win for Palace. Yeah, you're still taking that medication. Yeah. <laughs> I just think. I think Dougie said he wanted belief. I I failed him. I didn't believe at half time yesterday, and I was taught a lesson. So now I'm going to believe. From interesting to see how he sets up, though. Um, that's what yeah. I'd be interested in. Uh, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I, again, it's one of those where you think you can't quite envisage. I can't imagine that Moritz will start. Um, uh, you just you need to know, really. Uh, maybe a couple Garvin. of emails. A couple of emails I want to get to just before we wrap things up. Uh, first one uh, was from Nathan. Uh, Nathan says, uh, what were memorable Palace comeback yesterday? Full of attacking threat from Murray, Moritz and Wilf in particular. I enjoyed the game and the fact that Palace fans stayed with the team. As we talked about already. I says, hope this and three um, and the other three games in an unbe- the unbeaten run serve to quieten all the doubters uh, for a while at least. It does appear that Dougie has to continually prove, some, prove uh, to some people on the homestead uh, that he is good enough to be the Palace manager. From the moment he stepped into the Reach and I become a relegation battle in his first season. I knew he was up to the job. Uh, thanks for that, Nathan. Um, and another and a sort of final general point uh, to, to, is from from Lion Z. He says, "Evening, guys. Great set of results for the boys. And now at last, some attacking football to watch and encourage us all." Just wondered what you think uh, as to how why it suddenly turned around. And it's a subject, obviously, we've been been talking about today. Uh, he says, "Do you think it's the players bought, uh, such as Moritz, Delaney, and Belassi?" Or that both KG and Jedi have finally come to terms with the defensive midfield role. Perhaps it's simply a combination of both. Uh, he says, for me, as long as we keep this in- attacking mentality, then it will bring the fans back as well as allowing us to kick on. Promising signs. Now, um, obviously, we don't, I don't go over old ground. We've, we've covered quite a lot of that already. Personally, for me, it is a combination of all those things. But I think what's interesting you've, you've picked on there is that it's not just about the players we've signed uh, making a big difference. But it has, um, I don't, and there has been tactical tweaks as we talked about. But when you when you refer to KG and, and Jedinak, um, Jedinak is you're absolutely right to pick him out. He's a different player now. He was he became by the end of last season he became a very very strong, um, very very strong central midfielder, and we missed him when he got injured. Uh, and KG 
is a different player this season. He simply is is a completely different prospect. Um, so really, it, it, we're kind of we're on the verge of something if if we can keep doing that. If we can keep improving the people we've got, and and the more they settle, like the more the young players get experience and grow and all that sort of stuff. You just you can only see it getting better, really. Um, but you know, maybe that's just the optimist in me. But that's that's how I feel about that. I don't know if there's any final opinions on that, gentlemen. Yeah, I think we we can definitely just not just improve, but we well we can improve. But if we just play as we are and 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 keep going as we are, um, then then the expectation will build. Um, we don't want too much expectation, but I mean after the start that we had and the players that you know that we had at the start of the season, we were I mean straight away everyone was going yeah we were favourites to go down and everything, and now. All of a sudden, the, the bloody word promotions being used because mm, yeah. you know it's just. Uh, but saying that, they've now seen that the hundred and eighty degree change in 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 attitude and everything in in, in the whole club now. Mm. You know, but for, well, first we wanted sackings. Now we've got the greatest manager in the world. Um, so, but yeah, just keep keep doing what we're doing tomorrow. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, talking about, yeah. uh, are you going to the under twenty ones tomorrow? Your your uh, yeah, we're doing, aren't you? we're doing the, the commentary. Yeah, that's quite correct. Seamless, that's, that's, and I'm that like, that was seamless. You, it, it was like you wanted to know that <laughs> rather than it being a way of us um, way of us sort of bringing it to attention. Obviously, listen, the under twenty one game is tomorrow. If you'd bought your tickets in advance, which I think you can still do up to the point of kick off, which is seven pm at Sellers Park. Um, that's it's five pounds for adults, one pound for kids. It goes up to £8 for adults, £1 for kids on the day. Obviously, it's £8 for kids. Uh, if you can't, can't make it, and I, if you can, I possibly make it. I really think you should because it it's a good day out. Well, good evening out. Um, and it was very enjoyable last time, even if the re- result wasn't great. It's great to see the youngsters. But if you can't get there, 6.45, well, from 6.45, we will be on air and giving you full, uninterrupted live coverage. Uh, I, might, I might last... The last commentary, I was attacked by a bee during it. It was good. We had a conversation about crisps. Um, sort of the sort of commentary that you just never get anywhere else. Very proud of it. Um, look, I don't want to dwell too much longer. I've just noticed one last email that I wanted to read out. Um, it's from our, our friend, Serial Thriller. He says, it's very nice to see sexy football at the Palace once more. KG should be made captain and have a statue made for him. We've gone from looking like an Anne Widdicombe striptease to a Megan Fox, Holly Willoughby and Victoria Corrin love triangle. Oh, lovely thought. Um, on a similar issue, a Cardiff fan told me after game that one of the Crystals flashed their fans at half-time. Thoughts? I don't think that that's true. Surely not. Um, mm. I'd like to be involved in that love triangle. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Me, me as well. What does he mean by love triangle? Anyway, um, look, <laughs> I'm. Um, <clears throat> he's mentioned that I should have plugged the, the, the Homesdale chat room. Uh, during the show which i didn't but for future shows wholeradio.net forward slash chat and and you'll find serial thriller in there um he's quite sinister but yeah and he says blassie was also very good you don't know what you're talking about chris i think mean, that's a perfect way to end it thanks a lot i just for wanted to say oh. i just wanted to say to the to kev the south african guy from cape town <laughs> great day yesterday nice to meet him all the yeah, way over from yeah, cape town yeah. and yeah, uh so. good stuff Wonderful post and, on Homestyle uh, as well. He, he made. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't read it yet, just pop to the back from the game thread and have a read of that about his his day. It was great, great to read. Yeah, good to meet you, Kev. Anyway, look, let's go. Um, see you next week. Bye. Cheers.
Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.